Hello everyone. My name is Major General Anil Verma, retired, and I am the head of ADR. Welcome to the second part of the podcast on Electoral Bonds: A Case of Collective Institutional Complicity. So I'll now move on to the next speaker and call upon uh, Mr. Vihar Dwe. He's a RTI activist and uh, basically a chartered accountant and uh, also a lawyer. And uh, he works on various fields in the social uh, domain. Uh, he works for uh, justice to women and children and has filed a PIL in this regard. He's also filed a PIL for the infrastructure development of the courts in Maharashtra. He's worked for students who are wrongly failed by the Mumbai University. And he's working for zero tolerance to fire accidents in Maharashtra. In the case of electoral bonds, he has filed uh, very many RTI applications and obtained very useful information, especially from the State Bank of India, which he had shared very widely. So with that as a backdrop, uh, I request uh, Mr. Vyadurve to kindly speak. Good afternoon. Uh, highly obliged to our ADR team for giving me an opportunity to share the information issued by me under RTI. The finance minister, uh, I'm, I will be explaining everything with the help of the uh, PowerPoint presentation. So I'm coming to the uh, slide number two. The finance minister speech in parliament. So can I have that slide please? I'm coming to what uh, finance minister said. He said that we are bringing this electoral war with an intent to bring the transparency in political funding. Now, the finance minister has the rules, the features of the electoral ones have already been discussed. And the main objection from the citizen's point of view or, or from, the, from the, the shareholders' point of view, who are, who are, who are uh, uh, main stakeholders in the company, uh, they should know the, how much money has been given by their company to the political funding. And most importantly, is there quid pro quo? Means I am not trusting any questions on the, this farmer's agitation, but but the, the we as a citizens want to know how much donations have been give, given to the uh, political party by this uh, whoever who are, who would be entering in the uh, farm sector or something like that. So slide number three, we have discussed the uh, rules and regulations and all that. Now electoral bonds notification we have. Uh, in 2018, they have discussed. The most important thing is the RTI says that the, whatever information they have um, uh, means any public authority has to publish it on their website. So I have filed many, many RTI in the election commission office, in the uh, in the office of the Reserve Bank India, then the State Bank of India, then the Prime Minister's office, then the Finance Minister's office, then the Law and Justice Department. You see, the election commission in 2018, uh, in 2026 uh, May 2017, you can come back to a slide number uh, four. Election commission objections. Yeah, election commission objections. Basically, they have written in 2026 uh, May 2017 to the legislative department that the, you have amended the representation of the People's Act, uh, Income Tax Act, Companies Act, and this will bring. Uh, uh, this will increase the corruption in India. 
and this information is a very very important from the citizen point of view and from the from the uh, all the political parties basically election commission is a nodal agency to monitor the uh, elections in india and this data uh, which uh, uh, 26 may 2017 is very very important and uh, uh, this information was not the, uh, on the election commission we said and election commission had requested me to pay rupees 6 for this three pages of document and they have spent about 50 rupees on the postage and all that so the election commission told should have been more proactive in this but uh, unfortunately they are not now the finance minister uh, somebody in parliament i uh, asked the finance minister whether the election commission has uh, i am coming to slide number 5 now please come back to slide number 5 yeah finance finance minister misled the parliament about the electoral bond but somebody in the parliament has asked the question whether uh, the election commission has you have received any communication from the election commission and in writing the minister said we have not received any uh, communication from the election commission you see i am having a document i can see this has been already been disclosed and widely published on the media media the 26 may 2017 the election commission had written the uh, letter to the law and department okay, please do not come with this thing now the basic question is till date nobody has asked the finance minister to introduce the uh, election uh, electoral bonds the question on the purpose of electoral bonds introducing it somebody says okay, why is it there is a there is a blackmailing there is a uh, there is a some threatening or something by the rival parties if they come to know that that the xyz company has paid to a company uh, uh, so much money so there is a black money so the intention of electoral bond introducing the electoral bonds as per the finance department says that it, this will stop the corruption but the rtsa says i am on slide number 6 yeah the uh, question of purpose of in, in introducing yeah the uh, electoral bonds the election commission which is a nodal agency to monitor the elections in india has given a very specific reply that till date that is 2014 to 2018 there has been no complaint whatsoever from the from the from any uh, corporate uh, body or from any individual or from any political party uh, uh, regarding the blackmailing and something like that so the very purpose of introducing the uh, electoral bonds is a fraud and uh, th- this is very dangerous for the democracy now the, I, i'm coming to the slide number uh, yeah slide number 6 can i have yeah yeah seven the the main important thing that the there is a threat to the statutory auditors and uh, you see the chartered accountants sign the balance sheet of the political party as well as the uh, companies and they they sign they sign say, saying that The, we have audited the balance sheet of xyz company for uh, so and so period and the balance sheet shows a true and fair view in other words the donors and in the absence of the donors and donors how any chartered accountant can uh, sign the balance sheet you see the third party the third party external evidence as per the char- chartered accountants uh, auditing standards which are, which are globally accepted they must know they must know 
who are the owners and donors. You see the chartered account, it is the primary duty of the chartered accountant who is signing the balance sheet that to get the th third party evidence whether XYZ amount has been given to X by a company or something like that. So in the absence of the donors and the donors, to even to the chartered account, to, to the election commission, to the RBI, to the SBI, the balance sheet do not show to and fair view. And these electoral bonds are a, a clear-cut recipe for the scam which has happened a uh, few years back, like a scam. It, 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 it has brought uh, very disturbing to the country as a such. And I, 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 I appeal to the CA Institute to come out with the guidance note because because we do not want uh, this kind of uh, uh, this kind of uh, uh, something uh, fishy happening in the corporate world. And I, I also request the shareholders and the other parties to request the, their uh, directors to publish everything in detail to the uh, in the their balance sheet. Now the now I'm coming to the flight number eight now. Yeah. Now this is Mr. Vinod Rai in 2012 signed an agreement with the United Nations and that India is committed to a transparency and accountability and all that. So this letter shows that we are committed to a transparency, accountability, and everything in the accounts will be transparent, every stakeholder will be committing that. So electoral bonds basically violates this condition, not only in India, but with the United Nations also. So I'm now I am coming back to slide number nine. You see, electoral bonds about the they say that the ordinary citizens can also uh, make a donation, but till late 2018 to uh, 2020 one uh, uh, maximum amount of electoral bonds were issued of one one crore rupees and they are uh, roughly in whatever information i am hiring from the state bank of india is 5981 10 lakhs 4943 1 lakh 1731 10 70 rupees and 1070 only 48 rupees so the arm army has given a donation of only 48000 out of this 3000 uh, crore so therefore the this is a very dangerous for the country as a such and now I am coming back to the whole of the Central Information Commission, which I am very, very sorry to say that I filed the RTI application in the Reserve Bank of India. So, mm -hmm. uh, details of the uh, correspondence which they have not given me. The RBI had, RBI had taken the objection, and the objections uh, later was not given to me. Only they forwarded my RTI to the State Bank of India, and when I asked them, Two RTA were filed in the. I am talking about this election commission order. The two RTA were files which are seeking the information about the amount of the donors and, and donors and uh, how many the uh, donation amount in rupees uh, received by seven or the seven political party. So the election, so the Central Information Commission, despite having the public interest, they said that there is no public interest. So this violates the completely to 2013 uh, election commission's order, and uh, you see this amendment brought by the, the government clearly hampers the functioning of the uh, uh, central information commission. There are n number of judgments. So there are Supreme Court n number of judgments. For example, state state of Uttar Pradesh and versus Rajnarayan, Bennett and Coloman in in the in the Mr. Shailesh Gandhi. 
founder of the RTI and uh, Central Information Commission had direct n number of times to the Reserve Bank of India to publish the details on the website, but despite of that, they are not published. Then there are the really Thomas versus Union of India, then, uh, then Raj Gopal versus Union, then uh, there is one uh, PUCL, SP Gupta, and all this uh, uh, Supreme Court of India that directed the uh, government to publish the information. So the finally, what the takeaway from me is that I humbly request on the behalf of the citizens of India to the Supreme Court that this matter should be should be uh, taken at the RBS and and all all the all the all the uh, information should be in the public domain. That is donor's name, donor's name, how much amount they have given, and this is basically this this bill has been introduced as a money bill, which is a which is a fundamentally wrong. So in total. In uh, in uh, totality, this should be passed. That is the one point. The second point, which I want to say, is that the CI Institute has to play a very important role in order to, to say that that, that the stamp like the Satyam should not happen uh, like, like this. And finally, I want to say to say the uh, farmers agitation. Everybody is saying that the exploited company is coming into the to the to the to the uh, farm sector. Budget is coming to the not, not coming, not coming, and something like that. So, so in the interest of a country, in the interest of a country, I hum, I humbly request that this agitation would not have taken place had the donors and donors names would, would have been published. So, the Central Information Commission has really has really not done, uh, not acted in the interest of public service, and this is what I want to say. That let the, 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 the uh, sunlight is the best disinfectant, and I want to, all the information to be put in your public domain. Highly obliged. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Vihar. Uh, you displayed the role and power of the RTI along with the other uh, RTI activists like Mr. Lokesh <coughs> Patra uh, and others uh, in exposing a lot of acts and figures and uh, putting them in the public domain for which we are uh, really grateful to you. I'll request uh, Professor Jagdeep Choker to uh, speak. Uh, you're all aware that he's a founder trustee of India and uh, <clears throat> has been associated with this case uh, in great uh, Over to Professor Choker. Thank you, Dharma. It has indeed been a privilege to listen to Nitin, Gautam and uh, Vihar because these gentlemen have played stellar roles in this saga of electoral bonds. Uh, you know, when I look at it as a collective institutional failure, I think it is a, actually a very kind of, uh, I, I can't think of another word except to say shame failure of our institutions. Now, if we look, go back to the electoral reforms from day one, which was February 1, 19, no, 2017, when uh, the late Mr. Arun Jaitley uh, made the budget speech in the parliament, and he had two paragraphs. The title of the two paragraphs was Transparency in Electoral Funding. Now, my good friend, Dr. Qureshi, never tires of saying that when I heard the first sentence of his speech that we have not been able to do anything about electoral funding for 70 years, 
and now we are going to do something. So Dr. Qureshi keeps saying, my, my, you know, I felt very enthused. But that part, uh, that speech, and then he held a media interaction in the afternoon of the 1st of February, in which he said this, you know, what I would say, dead giveaway sentence, that electoral bonds will be in the nature of bearer bonds, the identity of the donor will be anonymous. Now, the moment I read the sentence in the newspaper the next day, uh, I felt that there was something wrong. And I have repeatedly written that uh, I am looking for a dictionary where which says that transparency and uh, anonymity, that transparency and anonymity are synonymous or synonyms of each other. Now, I have not found that so far, and I have written it maybe more than 10 times in, in, in the media, but there has not been any clarification. But that apart, you know, the electoral bond scheme is unconstitutional from the point go. Its inclusion in a money bill is not constitutional. And uh, we have raised this issue in our petition, although the Supreme Court, of course, has other important things to deal with, and they are not sort of bothered to deal with this at all. So, first, it is unconstitutional from the time of birth. So it is illegitimate, if I may say so. Then, as uh, Mr. Nitin Sethi and his colleagues very, very clearly brought out, there are two institutions, the Election Commission and the Reserve Bank of India, which actually were not complicit to begin with. They expressed their concerns, their doubts, and uh, I mean, I can't uh, help but recall the, the comments of the then Finance Secretary on the file that Nitin had brought out. I mean, it is just amazing how uh, things are uh, overruled, overshot, and completely ignored, and false uh, statements are made. So the introduction of electoral bonds over and above the uh, objections of the Election Commission and the RBI, and as a part of a money bill, are the you know first sins that were committed, I would say. Then, when the details came around, I mean, this was so fascinating that a company could now donate 100% of its profits. The limit of 75% or 7.5% had gone, and the companies did not need to disclose the name of the political party or the amount. I mean, multiple such things happened, and I don't want to go into detail because we, we are kind of short of time. Uh, but <clears throat> the fact is that every single action under the electoral bond scheme has worked to reduce or eliminate transparency or whatever the shred of transparency that electoral funding had. And then one of the things that does not come up, you know, it was sort of uh, a big thing that these are anonymous, nobody knows. Then uh, our friend uh, 
Unam Agrawal decided to buy an electoral bond worth 1,000 rupees. And for whatever reason, she put it under an ultraviolet uh, light. And lo and behold, there was a unique identification number. So the, the, I am using these instances to, to indicate that there is a series of falsehoods which have been uh, propagated to, to try and show that this is a very great thing, which it is not. Then the, the, I mean, very soon when the rules came out, uh, as has been mentioned earlier, that the political party in power has a differential advantage. I think Gautam used a different legal word for it. Now, I have a very simple explanation for this. Now, let us say uh, Nitin goes to the State Bank of India Parliament branch and buys electoral bonds worth 10 crores. Now, this is purely hypothetical because I don't think Nitin has 10 crores. But still, let us assume. He buys the 10 crore electoral bond and gets into his vehicle and heads towards Akbar Road. Now, those who live in Delhi under, should understand that Akbar Road is the uh, headquarters of the Congress Party. So, at the next round out of the traffic circle, Nitin phone call. And somebody will say, Oh, Nitin, why can't show this, that, and the other? And he would say, Are you have electoral bond for that? So, if I were in Nitin's place, Number one, I would start sweating. And number two, I will turn my vehicle towards the shofar road. So the point is that this was written soon after the introduction in 2017 that electoral bonds have the potential to show the funding to all opposition parties. And at that time, it was expressed as an apprehension uh, lo and behold, in the, I think, 2017-18 uh, accounts of BJP, it was discovered that they had received uh, something like 200 uh, some crores of electoral bonds out of uh, 220 or something, actually 95%. In the first tranche of electoral bonds, 95% went to BJP. So therefore, it is not that it has the potential to choke or it will change the electoral landscape in the country. It has already done that. The financial playing field, uh, it is not only not level, it does not exist. There is just one player on the field. And notwithstanding the, the farmer's invitation uh, which Mr. Durvet commented on, uh, the farmers have been quite upfront as to where will the money go and therefore we can assume where is the money coming from. So this, uh, you know, another form of crony capitalism, one may say so, is, is not only damaging to democracy, it has damaged democracy. I am not sure India can today call itself justifiably a democratic country. Uh, and that is obviously extremely sad. 
for uh, anybody who who thinks the way we think and uh, and of course gautam has gone into great detail about the supreme court hearing i was present in those all those three days and it was amazing to see how the attorney general of india said in the supreme court that why do citizens want to know where do political parties get their money from citizens should be interested in where do candidates get their money from i mean they should not worry about political parties and the bench actually was surprised and they said what are you saying but you know the honorable attorney uh, general stuck to his point so the kind of mindset that prevails and i don't need to go into what governor already said the way this uh, interim order was given and subsequently we have filed urgent hearing applications a couple of times because at the time of bihar elections we also said that you know here again uh, a lot of money will change hands and nobody would be any wiser but uh, the the supreme court did not see any reason to hear it early so i am uh, maybe i will hold i will be hold up for this i think the government is implicit the supreme court is implicit i don't think you know for one for once the election commission and the rbi kind of have acquitted themselves reasonably honorably so there is a this is perhaps the the biggest threat to democracy or one of the biggest threats to democracy today uh, i don't know how to take it forward because we are in the supreme court and we keep filing applications for arbitrary nothing happens so i don't know how to take it forward but this is something which was known from day one and i would close with a comment on the other political parties now the congress party claims that you know we did some we wrote a letter when we did this that and the other but no political party seriously opposed it for the simple reason that they thought kabhi hamara bhi number aayega that when we come into power we will be able to use the same uh, tool first i must put it on record that the cpim has actually filed a petition in the supreme court Uh, much after we did and that here in sort of they are they are heard together but political parties uh, and when it comes to finances i mean what can i say every single political party is but well, i am nobody to say they are guilty of but they are absolutely clear that they will not reveal their finances come what may and this includes every single party in the in the sample that we did for application of rti to political parties we had six parties congress bjp uh, ncp bsp cpi and cpm so the whole range from the extreme left to the extreme right is covered and nobody is interested in this so unless our political parties are made to realize 
that they are accountable to the people or to the and they need to be this is totally out of this uh, purview of this they need to be democratic in their internal functioning till then i don't think anything will change and in terms of uh, political party being accountable to their own members you know when this uh, political party rti being applicable to political parties or the came from the cic in a seminar i had a senior politician sitting next to me i don't want to name that person but this person said to me during a kind of a break he said chokar sahab aap jaise log jo humse sawal puchhenge unke jawab to hum de denge hamare member jo puchhenge unke jawab kaise denge so political parties have a vested quotary uh, uh, which are kind of uh, not even accountable to their own membership and electoral bonds and of course a related issues of crr which i will not talk about are prime examples of complete disregard of the rule of law and if rule of law was then democracy is already gone thank you thank you professor choker now uh, before we go on to the question answer session which i think we are doing pretty well as far as time is concerned we will give about 20 minutes for question answers uh, i would just like to again reiterate the topic which we have chosen collective institutional complicity complicity uh, i would uh, request the speakers professor joker has already given his mind the other three speakers to uh give their views as to how do we move forward from here we have seen that uh, we are sort of at a you know logjam and nothing seems to be moving neither the courts nor the uh, political parties nor the institutions like the sbi when uh, we file rti even they have started giving vague replies now earlier they give information and uh, so uh, how do we uh, really say nitin Uh, what do you feel that as a journalist what can be done and i would ask gautam as to how if there is anything at all that we can do to push the cases in the court and from vihar ji i would like to know what this can be done with the rti because knowing that day by day the rti is also being diluted and things are not being answered so uh, first nitin please yeah, i was saying is um... generally not a good idea to ask a journalist to suggest what society should do <laughs> but uh, at the risk of becoming a point of joke i would say two or three things which are perhaps possible under the restraints that we are uh, one instead of when we have moved into a period where the government refuses to share information under rti i think to run a campaign of saying the idea is that the government does not respond to what are the question that we keep asking different departments repeatedly and put that out to explain to citizens that this is what the government does not even answer on something that it calls a very transparent scheme i don't see that growing great guns but it's at least continues the conversation and does not wait for the government to hopefully one day see light and say we should be answerable to our citizens to as journalists i think we are uh we will soon produce some more investigative work which both 
looks at how electoral bonds uh, have been utilized by political parties and to suggest towards what kind of businesses and um, expenses the political parties putting this kind of money towards i think for us as journalists in a again a very restrained uh, atmosphere where journalism in general has become difficult we are the reporters collective believe there is still enough space to keep pestering plugging at it i um, i would request um, others to join in i'm sure there's so many other brilliant journalists who can given the freedom by the editorial command do so much more on this and other issues uh, we will in the next month uh, roughly about in the next month produce more reportage on the electoral bonds and electoral funding linked issues ourselves um i do think that as gautam and you and uh, choker has talked about actively raising and openly raising questions about the efficacy of the institutions and uh, not going by the dogma that these are old institutions that have done well for us but to challenge them to actually live by the letter and the spirit of their mandates which i think we've also failed we thought you know the fact that the rbi has written one letter is good enough or they wrote three letters and it's good enough the fact is daily they should have they could have prevented it similarly the election commission could have taken five additional steps even after the scheme was implemented to make sure it doesn't go down the path it has i think for us to um task the institutions to the highest possible levels of governance and not compromise and say well under the circumstances this is good enough i think that's where we need to focus i don't see my answers being very substantial in terms of providing guidance but i hope it provides hints thank you thank you nathan thank you very much i think uh, mr gautam bhatia has left so i'll request mr vihar durve Uh, what would you recommend where do we go from here i yeah. do request all the shareholders to seek the information from their directors of the company about the political donations made by their companies as such then i would also request the farmers who are main stakeholders they are saying to say oh yeah xyz is coming in the picture in the farm sector or something like that so i want all the entire lakhs and lakhs of farmers to file the rti in the state bank of india or the uh, respective in the public authorities and seeking the information about the uh, about the how much donation they have made and uh, what is the link between the donations and how whether the farm laws have been bought only because of some some xyz party as uh, as contributed uh, to xyz party then there is also uh, important uh, features uh, such as the rbi's role rbi is not playing a very proactive role and uh, most important thing in my opinion that in 2013 in i believe in your petition the they are said that political parties are coming under rti and when i have sought the information about the donors and donate details and how much they are made Uh, to say on political party, they the election. I am sorry, the Central Information Commissioner said, "No, no, no, no. Citizens do not have any public interest in that, and uh, you, 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 my RTI application was dismissed." So, the auditing of the uh, orders of the of the Central Information Commission is very, very important. You see, even if I am diverting a little bit from this topic. 
I have been denied the information by the election commissions about the about the how much money was spent to extradite Mr. Vijay Mallya by to by Nero Modi, then Mehul Chokshi and something like that. So in 2014 to 2019, the election come uh, 2020. The election uh, the Central Information Commission is not playing, uh, not abiding by the constitution, not abiding by the uh, RTI, and not abiding by the their previous uh, orders. So this is very. I want the citizens to play a very important role, especially during this farmers' agitation. Farmers must come and make the these companies accountable and our okay. political parties accountable. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Vyar. With this, we come to an end to our podcast. If you wish to learn more about ADR's contributions in this matter, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on our website, adrindia.org, or write to us at adr at adrindia.org with your feedback. We will be back with another amazing episode. So stay tuned and thank you for listening.